Hello and welcome to the Art Engager podcast with me, Claire Bowne. I'm here to share techniques and tools to help you engage with your audience and bring art, objects and ideas to life. So let's dive into this week's show. Hello and welcome back to the Art Engager podcast. I'm your host, Claire Bowne of Thinking Museum, and this is episode 65. So today I've got a guest for you. I'm delighted to be talking to Richa Mehta about her work. We're talking about what a mindful museum is. We're talking about museum-based art therapy and how art can support the exploration of identity and connection. But before that, last week, probably the most useful episode yet on questioning. In episode 64, I shared four powerful questions that will supercharge your art experiences and programs. So don't miss that episode. Do go back and have a listen if you haven't already. It's very useful. Now, as always, if you'd like to support the show, please do so by treating me to a cup of tea on buymeacoffee.com forward slash Claire I'll put a link in the show notes. Thanks for all your support so far. And if you like this podcast, please do go and give us a five star rating on Apple Podcasts. If you really love it, please write us a short review. It does help to get the word out. So thank you. So let me introduce my guest this week. Richard Mehta is a certified art therapist and educator working as a museum education and wellness professional at the Louvre Abu Dhabi. Now, Richard believes that the museum space can be made more accessible to marginalised community members through implementing museum-based wellness and art therapy programming and resources. And in today's episode, we talk about her journey from the classroom to the museum and her recent studies in art therapy. We discuss the Louvre Abu Dhabi's journey to being a mindful museum and what this means for the staff, for the visitors, the collection and the museum space itself. We also explore what museum-based art therapy is and how it might work in practice. Richard shares a model of how she views museum art-based therapy working and an adaptation of See, Think, Wonder that could be used for these sessions. We also chat about how an art therapist would work with any strong emotions that might come up in the museum environment. And finally, we talk about how being a third culture kid and her cultural identity and background has influenced her practice and her work today. So we had a great chat. Here is our chat. Enjoy. Hi, Richard, and welcome to the Art Engager podcast. Hi, Claire. Thank you for having me today. It is an absolute honor to be having a conversation with you. Oh, I'm delighted you could be here. So could we perhaps start by talking about a little bit about what you do and where you do it? Of course. So by trade, I am an educator and a certified art therapist. Um, and I actually currently work at the Louvre Abu Dhabi, which is in the United Arab Emirates. At the museum, I work as a senior learning resources officer and I co-lead on the Arts for Health and Wellbeing programs and initiatives with my manager, Moral Jewel Bedoyan. 
So you've got an impressive title there um, and you work in an impressive museum as well and you're newly qualified as a certified art therapist. So could you perhaps talk a little bit about how you came to be doing what you're doing now? Um, it's quite an interesting journey. So uh, if I had to look at my professional journey, I started off as an educator in a classroom and um, although it was very exciting and engaging with working with all different age groups, I felt like there was something missing. It was that I wanted to actually create the content. Um, so from there, I started volunteering in all of the different cultural spaces and art spaces in the United Arab Emirates. And uh, one thing led to another, and I ended up working at the museum, which is a crazy story. I think everyone has their own story. But during that time, um, mental health was something that I was dealing with personally, and it has been a journey that I still continue to deal with. But it was something where I realized that um, without knowing, um, practicing photography and creating artworks as an art educator was helping with my mental health. And I felt like there was that connection. So I started looking for different opportunities and programs and courses and almost stumbled upon um, a couple of options. But the one that really stood out to me was the one that was offered by the Vancouver Art Therapy Institute. And that's kind of how I started my journey with art therapy and started realizing the true connection between art um, and uh, its healing capacity. So it was quite interesting. And uh, that's how I ended up uh, at yeah. the museum and bringing it into the museum. It's yeah, been and a tell great me, journey so far. Yeah, Sorry, so tell ahead. me a little bit about how you brought it into your work at the, the Louvre Abu Dhabi. So a little bit about a uh, background about the Louvre Abu Dhabi. The Louvre Abu Dhabi is located on Saadiyat Island in Abu Dhabi in the United Arab Emirates. And our narrative for our collection is about universalism. So it's truly about exploring the human creativity that connects all of us. Um, in 2020, when everyone was going through collective trauma, we also closed our museum down for three months. During those three months, I really saw that we had a an internal discussion because it always starts internally about how can we help the community, but also how can we help our employees and our community internally. And we realized the concept of mindfulness and empathy. So in June 2020, we actually reopened as a museum, as a mindful museum to the community uh, internationally, as well as locally. But initially, we did start off by saying we were mindful in terms of space and your safety. Um, and then slowly, we started tapping into the mental, social and physical well-being of our guests as well. Could you explain in a nutshell what a mindful museum is? So that's quite interesting. I think the word mindful is defined in several different ways um, and in several different languages. What's really unique about the United Arab Emirates is that we have several different cultures uh, and different nationalities from around the world. So the way that I see it is what is the visitor's definition of what it means to be mindful. Um, mindfulness as a field we would think that it comes mostly, it's been talked about in the Western culture, but it actually originates from Eastern practices and it's truly about being present. So 
taking that into consideration, we try to offer opportunities where our visitors could truly be present within the museum space with its magnificent architecture as well as its artworks. Yeah, sounds so interesting. So perhaps you could give a couple of examples of um, some projects of how that might look in practice for visitors. Of course. So right now, our team, um, not just mine, but uh, transversely, because I try to also include everyone that has been working so hard in providing a mindful museum. We've created multiple programs. And earlier I mentioned, we don't just focus on the mental well-being of our visitors and our community but we also focus on the physical as well as the social. So we have several teams. Our cultural team has created yoga under the magnificent dome that we have. Um, They also offer kayaking around the museum. We've also worked. I know it's great. (laughs) Especially we have, it's, it's quite, it's quite awesome. I've tried everything. Um, We also in the education team um, have, built on whatever our outreach team was already doing. Um, So shout out to them because they've been really trying to bring in the community and reaching out to the harder parts of the UAE and taking the museum to them. But we've developed programs such as mindfulness sessions with Emirati seniors, you know, having conversations, taking them back to um, uh, memories, oral history, Uh, We've also developed guides and resources um, because obviously in 2020, we weren't, a lot of our tourists um, as well as visitors weren't really able to come to the museum. So we really thought about the concept of accessibility. So we developed resources such as the Mindful Art Moments video, audio. We also developed a Reflect and Express guide. So truly, I think what came to be was the concept of accessibility. How do we provide these well-being opportunities to our community? And across the board as well, it seems so many different examples that you're providing there of different projects and different resources that different types of visitors from different communities can actually tap into whether they're physically in the museum or outside the museum space as well. So yeah, that's super interesting. I'd love to dig a bit deeper into what museum-based art therapy is. Could you perhaps talk a little bit about it, explain how it might work in the museum, how it works in practice? Of course. So currently we don't really practice museum-based art therapy, but it is a plan that we uh, are working in implementing eventually. Uh, We are very heavy based on what well-being is. And so that's already been happening for the past few years few years transversely. So museum-based art therapy basically is uh, a niche field of what art therapy is. So I'm going to start with talking uh, about what therapy is. Most of the times when we think about therapy, we think of it as a talking conversation that's happening or an exchange that's happening between the client and the therapist. Um, It's a linear relationship. I try to give visuals to everything. And when we talk about art therapy as a field, what happens is you're bringing art making and the art making process, um, the image that is created, and it almost becomes a triangular relationship. So now it's a relationship between the therapist, it is a relationship between the client, and it's a relationship between the image that has been created within that safe space. 
But when you start talking about a museum, uh, museum-based art therapy program, what's happening now is that you're expanding this triangular relationship. It's almost like a hexagon where mm-hmm. you actually have the artwork that is in the museum. You have the artist who created it or, or um, the person uh, that created it. And then you have the client. You have the artwork that is created as a response to the interaction with the artwork in the museum. And then you have the the art therapist as well. So it's quite complex and it's something that's still being explored by only a few museum-based art therapists around the world. And in practice, this would involve, um, off the top of my head, a conversation about an artwork in a museum followed by some practical element of art making. Is that how it normally works? Yes. So. An essential component of art therapy as a field is there has to be an art making process. Obviously, you talk through therapy, but we're using art as a communication tool, as a responsive piece of work. So if you were to ideally see a session that would happen that was art ther- museum-based art therapy, uh, you it would have to be led by a certified art therapist in collaboration with a museum educator. Collaboration mm-hmm. is a key component Um, because you bring expertise from different parts um, of the field. And prior to actually providing the session, the museum educator and the certified art therapist would define their roles and responsibilities. And so what you would ideally see is that they would pick a therapeutic theme or it might be a therapeutic goal that they decide prior And after that, they would select artworks within the space that help feed to that, feed the theme or feed the therapeutic goal. Um, So you would take the client or you would take the participant to the artwork, um, you know, implement the see, think, wonder um, strategy, which I've kind of modified a little bit, which Mm -hmm. I can talk about later. Um, which will then lead to a responsive art-making activity, which I believe has to be as open-ended as possible and followed with a group reflection. So most case studies and most articles out there um, are generally focused on providing group-based activities when it comes to museums. Yeah, so you mentioned... um the variation you've made of See, Think, Wonder. Could you tell me a little bit about that? Of course. So um, although See, Think, Wonder is the number one strategy that most museum educators use, I thought that maybe we could kind of modify it and build off on it and be inspired. And I created the concept of see, feel, and connect. Um, Obviously, seeing the artwork and then you have the component of feel is it how what was that emotional response might it be anger might it be happiness I think it's really important to really understand why you felt a certain way I think humanity sometimes we tend not to have those moments of reflection so that's when the connect component comes in is like okay I felt a certain way Why is this emotion, why am I having this strong emotional response to an artwork I've never seen before? How can I connect it to my life right now or to the past? And maybe it's time for me to explore it with the facilitator or by myself as well. 
Yeah, it's, it's so interesting. I love I love the variation there. So you think Wonder has lots and lots of different variations. And I think that's one of the beauty of thinking routines is that they can be adapted and varied according to the circumstances you might want to use them in. And I love the idea of see, feel, connect. But I wonder, just thinking aloud here, how would you deal with any uh, any sensitivity to sharing their emotions or any strong emotions that came up in the museum environment? How would you deal with that as an art therapist? So that's really interesting because as an art therapist, per se, um, our practice or our ethical conduct um, and all the documents that are available were actually created with the intention of being in a clinical setting. But that's not the case anymore because mm. when you're talking about museums, it's a public space. So it's truly about working and trying to figure things out and then sharing it with your community, which has been a huge part for art therapists that work in museums. So some of the things that I could implement or I have thought ethically would be that I would actually tell if it were to come to be, or even just participants, I would tell them that if you're having any certain um, personal conversations that you might be uncomfortable sharing in public, we could then move from the gallery to the art studio, which is a more private space. So that could be something. It's about get, uh, asking for their consent prior um, and seeing where they're comfortable with. It's really about engaging or engaging actually with the participants that you have, because you don't really know um, what you're getting. It's just about thinking on your feet. Um, but what's also interesting, I just don't think about the ethical considerations because of us residing in the United Arab Emirates. I really do also think about the multicultural considerations. Mm. Um, and some of the situations that I can think of is that, is there an artwork perhaps that might not, um, be very appealing. For instance, um, if we talk about certain religions or certain um, cultures, sometimes figurative images might not be something that they're very fond of based on their beliefs and their values. So it's about really tapping into what your group is and seeing how you can try and your best to actually uh, meet their goals and meet their needs and wants. Um, and this kind of just all really falls into my concept of being a humanistic art therapist, which is um, that I focus on the client or the participant and it's about them and it's not about me. And it also falls under the category, which I always try and repeat several times. <laughs> and it is one of my beliefs is cultural humility. And how do we practice it? And that their truth is the truth at this moment in time. And even if it doesn't meet my beliefs and my values, it doesn't matter because the only truth is their truth. So that's yeah. kind of how I see it. Oh, thank you for answering that in such detail. I'm nodding my head away here furiously because yes, <laughs> I, I, everything you were saying about being centered on the participant, not being centered on us as the educator or facilitator, but also having that sensitivity to what may occur in the moment because we're not sure what people are bringing with them into the museum space or what an artwork or an object may provoke. So just being sensitive to those moments and thinking about how you might facilitate it in the best way possible um, is all, all music to my ears for sure. Um, you touched a bit on 
identity there. And I'd love to move on to thinking about how, because I know it's um it's a passion of yours as well. How can art support the development and exploration of identity? Um, so I could come to this question more on a personal perspective um, as a third culture child myself. Be, um, so I am, my background is Indian in heritage, but I was born in the United Emirates. Uh, I stayed here for a couple of years and then I moved to Canada for a majority of my life. Um, so that really gave me a sense of a crisis of identity. Mm. And it was really hard for me to kind of understand, okay, who am I? Um, there are several questions where it really made me question who I was, where was um, in a classroom, actually, where I had students say, well, okay, um, well, you're supposed to know how to make curry or you why don't you like spicy food? You know, like the really the stereotypes that exist. Yeah. Um, I even had a student once in Canada tell me that, oh, did you ride a camel uh, to school as a wow. kid? Because I was in the United Arab Emirates and I don't blame them. Um, it's the knowledge that's been passed down for generations, right? So it's exactly. about giving that critical lens to them. But that really just made me question who I was and um, it also affected my mental health. Um, and then I think on my 21st birthday, I was gifted a camera and I decided to travel. And as I traveled, I started taking a lot of pictures of people, of places, um, of objects, of different parts of the world. And I never really thought about it too much and why I was taking those pictures. But I think there was just this one day where I stepped back and realized that every picture that I took or every art that I created or photograph I created was actually a piece of my identity and who I was as a person. So I really understood about how art can really support that. Um, and that made me want to explore, um, obviously, the field of art therapy when I didn't know it existed. Um, have, has this um, exploration of your identity, has it moved into your practice? Has it moved into your programs and your work as well? I was talking about a reflect and express guide. Um, this guide was created with the intention of, okay, um, we're going to try and provide something to parents or educators that they could work with their students, um, obviously bringing in practices of art therapy, but uh, mentioning that you're not really actually doing art therapy, but we're providing you therapeutic um, strategies um, and prompts, which could be inspired by the collection. So some of the themes that I've covered in this guide is identity, relationships. So it is something that I have brought on um, continually and I continue to do so even in articles that I have written for um, magazines as well. Uh, and we are actually coming up with a second uh, Reflect and Express guide, but for a different audience. So covering daily life themes uh, that talks about self-awareness. So I think really that concept of identity and trying to find yourself and my personal experiences definitely spills over uh, the content that I create and my practice as well as an art therapist and a museum educator. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing about that. I can't wait to see 
how you develop new programs, how you take your art therapy practice further, how you develop perhaps some more museum-based art therapy, how your work continues at the Louvre Abu Dhabi as well. Um, it's been a fascinating chat, but I'm going to wrap it up at this point. Um, how can listeners find out more about you or reach out to you? I'm more than happy to share my email. Um, and if you'd like to share that, I'm always looking for collaborations and I'm always looking for ways to just share stories and, and practices. And that's where it starts when you're able to be accessible to the community. Thank you so much, Richard, for chatting to me today. I could have talked for a lot longer. Um, thanks for your time. Thanks for everyone for listening. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you. Bye. So many thanks to Richard for being on the podcast today. I hope you enjoyed our chat. I certainly did. Go to the show notes to find out more about her work. And before you go, don't forget to join our free Facebook community. This is the Slow Looking Club. You can look for the Slow Looking Club under groups in Facebook or I've put a link in the show notes. That's it for this week. Thank you for listening. I'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Art Engager podcast with me, Claire Baum. You can find more art engagement resources by visiting my website, thinkingmuseum.com. And you can also find me on Instagram at Thinking Museum, where I regularly share tips and tools on how to bring art to life and engage your audience. If you've enjoyed this episode, please share with others and subscribe to the show on your podcast player of choice. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next time.